Hey, this hey. is NPM Run Podcast, episode 0.2.1. Yeah, we really got to work on that simper. You don't like that? I just wasn't expecting it. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not like a breaking release, but we felt like incrementing the next version anyway. Yeah, yep. I got the joke. I followed. Oh. Followed. Oh. <laughs> so, uh,. We're going to start talking about something different. We're going to, uh, for the next three episodes, um, we're going to start talking about how you put together an application from, you know, an idea. You've got this big, broad concept. You've got a blank sheet of paper or a blank whiteboard or a blank uh, text editor open. How do you go from that blank to something? Mm. Um, and, and, and not necessarily, well, we're going to talk a bit, little bit about code, but more about how you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because this is our second episode where we're talking about how to start a new project. We probably should have done this one first. Eh, it works. Yeah. Um, uh, we got a, what's the, the tagline? Sub, the subtitle for this episode is Go From Idea to Plan, which which is, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I think that's good. That's pretty good. Um, so one, one of the, the, the reasons we think this is an important topic is, is when we uh, mentor new JavaScript students or, or you know full stack students, you know, we we're often working on some operation, some CRUD operation. We're using this as a as a class project demonstration. So you want to take data from a form and put it in a database on a server someplace. And I think it took me maybe what three seconds to say that in the podcast. But if you go and you list all the steps that need to happen, there's a lot of them, a lot of tiny little steps. And I think that when people are new to development, um, they have it's easy to come up with an idea. Yeah, I want a form and I want that data to go into a database. But then it's a very daunting task to start listing out all the things that need to happen. And, and it's really easy to lose the forest for the trees very quickly, especially when you're not. Absolutely. Or worse yet, when you're not even trying to list out all of the steps or come up with a plan, but just sit down at a code editor and start typing and like looking at the the blank file or the blank class or something like that. And like, I don't, I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah. Uh, I remember at some point I was posting something, but I forgot why and I don't know where it's going to go to. And there's nothing built for it to go to. Oh my God. <laughs> now what <laughs> everything's doomed and awful and terrible yeah yeah so I, but you know it's it's not just i've got this one operation that i want to do let me break it down into digestible pieces but like if you were to start a a larger project that you know has business rules and different parts of it you know how do you go from this 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 large big concept into digestible components and operations that you can then break down even further. Mm -hmm. So I think that that mental process and that that planning process, but I mean before you even open a, a an editor is is important and should be talked about. So that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um yeah. So uh, uh I mean the the truth is what you really want to do is is start it as high a level as you possibly can and understand the goals of what it is you're trying to do. Um, and, and it's not even, you know, you start talking about business logic and who does what, when and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll get to that, but, but really you're looking for the most rudimentary 20,000 foot view idea of what you want to do. 
and and how you want to go forward. So uh, we had talked about maybe using the idea of like making a contact form as a use case. Like imagine you're a brand new developer and you have a website and you say, okay, I want a new contact form on this website that doesn't currently have anything like that functionality. Um, How do I go about making that happen? Yeah. So, uh, and, and contact form is a good example, but this could be, you know, I've got a form I want to put in a database, but we're going to talk about a contact form. And I think, you know, the, the, the strategy that I use, you know, in my professional life is, uh, you know, when I've got this operation that I want to accomplish, the first place I go is a blank sheet of paper or a whiteboard. And, you know, I've always got in my mind as I'm planning this out, write down what I know, when I know it, as soon as I know it. So it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have the entire concept of every step in your head, but just by articulating a goal, I want to, you know, have a contact form that sends an email. You've already articulated a few bright line steps that you need. And so go ahead and on your whiteboard, on your piece of paper, start drawing a box. Say, I need a contact form. Okay, well, you know, you've got an HTML form somewhere. So write, you know, draw a box, put some little boxes that look like a form in it, label it contact form. Uh, put that on your on a piece of paper, and you've got that one step written down and planned out. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a whole bunch of other lines and boxes that are going to end up, but write down what you know, when you know it, as soon as you know it. Um, and then in the same example, you would write, send an email, right? Like, or, or an email, right? You'd, mm-hmm. You would draw a picture of an email, and uh, you were saying you'd put it on the right-hand side and you know that there's a lot of stuff in between the left-hand side, the contact form and the right-hand side, the email, the end result, but at least you're identifying those concepts. Yeah. And you know, you've got the, the first step, you draw on a box that kind of looks like a form. And on the other side of the page, you've got the, like, I don't know, an envelope. Uh, I think everyone likes to draw a paper airplane now. Really? Yeah. All the icons about emails and sends are paper airplanes. I've seen paper airplanes, but I didn't know that was a thing. I guess That's, it is. It's totally a thing. Yeah. It's not it should be. Um, so then you, you just draw the owl. Right. So, yeah, this is the uh, uh, whenever you see, uh, I don't even talk about this. Should I talk about this? Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like an owl? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a meme where it's saying how to draw an owl. It's a two-step process. First step is sketch out the rough body shape of the owl, big oval, big, little oval on the top. And step two, draw the rest of the owl, and then it's filled in with all sorts of detail. Um, it feels like that at this point. You've got two boxes on either side and a big line in the middle, and you look at it, and you're like, all right, now what? I'm I'm done. I've got the I've got step one accomplished. How do I get to step two? Yeah. And the truth is, uh, there's lots of other little steps. And so you start trying to tease some of those apart. And you may have to do research at this point if you're just coming into the the game, or you might be able to think of it as a logic puzzle and step down the little next piece of the puzzle. Um, so if I've got this form, um, I want to do something with it. What can I do with it? Uh, and then, you know, you need to submit it. And where can you submit it to? And, and again, you might have to do some research if you don't know the answer to those questions. But if, if you know any of the nouns and verbs involved, uh, a little bit of Googling will take you a long way. Uh, and and uh, talking to somebody else might help you out as well. If you're, you're starting, you might not want to start just completely on your own, right? 
But if you've got those nouns and verbs, write them down someplace. Kind of Absolutely. Put, that, them, put them spatially where you think they, they fit with everything else. Well, and that's the whole bit. Uh, what A lot of people seem to be scared of the blank code editor and don't know where to go. And the truth is you don't start at the code editor. You're starting at the whiteboard. You're mm-hmm. starting at the, the napkin or the post-it note or something like that where you can capture these ideas, the nouns and the verbs and the big picture, and uh, draw very, very rudimentary arrows between them with the knowledge that you're not going to get it right the first time. You're going to add in lots of things that you missed along the way, um, other big ideas that you completely missed. Um, or once you get those big ideas, you start breaking them down into individual tasks and processes and interactions and where you store things, and you come up with answers to all of these details. Uh, at this point, you still haven't done any work. You're just coming up with a, a more refined plan. It's um, a very pretty, pretty diagram, but there's no code. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be that pretty, right? Again, like this is rudimentary. This is this is for you to build up a plan. Uh, you'll hear people talk about roadmaps. Roadmaps are usually like big picture plans, uh, and then you break out to individual tasks from there. Um, you can organize that however you want to, but I definitely recommend at least a two-level hierarchy because you want to keep the big picture big goals big right uh not not getting stuck in the weeds yet um likewise what one of the big things that we're deriving from this whole process is a glossary of of terms um we're talking about nouns and verbs um having good names for these things is ridiculously important and harder than you think it would be um so come up with come up with words that make sense i don't think that you should spend hours and hours and hours trying to get this precise but I do think that you should invest a little bit of time in making sure that the words that you're going to choose for things are good and then sticking with those terms when you start writing your code. Yeah, I, I can't remember who said it, but they said that like there, there are really only two things that are hard in computer science. Um, cache and validation, naming things, and off by one errors. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a good one. Um, but, but that's kind of like the, the advantage of this exercise of this drawing out and, and, and putting names to things is that mentally, you know, you, you've got this big picture idea that you want and you're, you, you, the way you describe it may be, I need a contact form that sends an email. Well, those are two steps in a large process. So once you put that down on paper, those two bright issues down on paper, it leaves room for you to explore all the other little things that you need. You don't have to think about, I need a contact form, because that's already taken care of in your planning. So now you can start to think about the other things, and you have this visual reference to see where the gaps are. Sure. It also gives you a platform to communicate with other people. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, especially if you're starting out, you might not have all the answers. Um, so you might need to ask somebody for help. Well, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for you to ask them for help if you can say, I'm here and I want to get here, mm-hmm. and this is what I've got, what am I missing in the middle? Yeah. Um, uh, having all of the other stuff lined out is a, a great starting point. Yeah. yeah, and you'll end up with something that has a contact form and then you know a bubble that says Ajax request, and that's that represents the function that you'll eventually write to that's going to make an Ajax request. You'll have another bubble that says uh, contact form handler, which is you know, a route plus a, a, a handler or something like that. And you'll, you'll end up with all these interconnected bubbles and maybe one day you're not drawing bubbles, you're just writing it out, but whatever. Um, it, once you've got this, you've got something that you can 
point at and look at with other people and say, well, what am I missing? It might be a very simple task. It might be a, a very complex task. But then you, you can take that and start to uh, plan out your inventory of functions and classes and operations that you actually need to write. So this is, this is intended to be a concrete tool to help you get from a vague wish that you had a contact form that sent an email to some actual working code, or at least the outline of that. So how do you go from, I got a bunch of boxes and lines with labels and special names on it, to, I don't know, I'm going to write some code. Right. <laughs> Draw the rest of the fucking L. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, how do you go from one to the other? Um, the truth you- is, uh, I have been doing this for a really long time, and so... I can make a lot of those connections because I'm used to them. I've, I've done it enough times. Um, I think when you're just starting out and you're trying to make those connections and they're not obvious, um, oftentimes, I mean, e- even if I'm, if I'm dealing with something brand new, oftentimes what I do is I play in a sandbox and I break stuff a lot. You know, I, I do really, really bad individual super super small tasks wrong six or seven times so that i can figure out how the tools work together but you're just doing that one small little task over and over wrong absolutely you're not trying to put the whole thing together no no that's that's me ignoring the fact that i had a form to start with and ignoring the fact that i have a server to post it to and i'm playing with seven different syntaxes of an ajax request (laughs) because <laughs> I just randomly picked that as a checkbox to play right. with. But again, that's that's a sandbox to play with a specific tool. That's not really a good strategy for going from roadmap to tasks to structure of an application, yeah. right? Well, yeah, but you can still you can still apply that that rule. You know, write down what you know when you know as soon as you know it to going from roadmap to code. Because if you've got you know all the boxes and arrows that you drew that kind of vaguely. Uh, point out the steps you need to take you know you can grab one of them and just write a function you know that you need to take uh, uh, an object and send it in an ajax request okay so just write that and see see if you can just accomplish that one thing or start with the the uh the form itself you just get a a dumb html form that doesn't have an action and doesn't have a a method, but it just lays everything out the way you want it. Do that one thing before you tackle everything else. And once you get that done, even if it's not in its final form, if it's in a first draft, you don't have to worry about that anymore. See, I sort of feel like we're missing a step in this process. Um, when I have figured out kind of what I want to accomplish mm-hmm. at, a, at a high level, I would probably start doing research of tools and infrastructure and plans on how I'm going to implement stuff before I actually start implementing. Again, I'll playground if there's a, a specific or a checkbox or a task that I want to play around in. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'll, I'll play with some of my tools that I'm considering selecting. But like jQuery, yay! <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, but we are uh, we're in a world where so much stuff is pre-built for you. By, and by the way, I just want to point out, I am not anti-jQuery. <laughs> not like you are with Jots? I'm not anti-Jots. You are anti-Jots. I'm anti-Jots for a specific purpose that they were not designed for. But I'm definitely not anti-jQuery. Fair enough. Um, 
But anyway, uh, like jQuery or Bootstrap or whatever other pre-built tool that you're going to select, there's a whole process of trying to decide. You don't even have to decide that uh, on a specific tool, but you say to yourself, well, I'm going to use a framework of some sort for styling. Yeah, I'm going to use a framework of some sort that gives me a grid to lay out my page. I'm going to use a framework of some sort that has support for a bunch of form styling so I don't have to go from scratch. Those choices... I'm even going to go to Bootstrap, get bootstrap.com and copy their example app, their example form and modify it. Which, which is, is what exactly I what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, but uh, the, yeah, the, these are choices that you make um, that I think put you further down the path towards knowing where your tasks are going to be and, and making progress on them than just sitting down and starting to type, right? Or yeah. starting with a blank file and, and typing. You, you go look at a pre-existing tool base and, um, or tool kit or whatever, and uh, maybe you have two or three options. Maybe you have 400 options for a specific tool. Um, there's a whole process that you go through about selecting things. There's not a clear-cut definition. I certainly don't have a perfect plan, but I have done it a bunch. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, you don't have to pick the right one, but you're sort of identifying ways that you could accomplish your goal. Yeah. And that puts you pretty far down the path of, um, well, I mean, every one of those tools is going to have like a readme and an example and a here's how you get started. And you're going to have to play with that and figure out how to implement it and integrate it into what you've got. Um, each of those integrations is its own task. But where do you integrate it to? That's like the file name that is the noun that you're talking about or the file name that's the verb that you're talking about. Um, you're stitching those things together with the tools. But, uh, um, it, you know, I, I like I like that approach. I mean, we kind of joke about grabbing Bootstrap's examples and, and using jQuery. But, I, you know, I, I do that all the time because, you know, even even if I even if I want to, you know, use a, a kind of a more advanced framework, I want to you know, play around with Vue or use React or something like that. You know, if I if I'm if I'm just getting off the ground, especially if it's a simple application, grab something that I I know I can get going very quickly, so that I can start to prototype with and and get something off the ground and moving. I got plenty of time to refactor later. If I like where I'm going with my contact form, and now you know I'm talking about bringing Vue in to build a contact form, but. Um, you know, if, if I like where this contact form is going uh, and I want to do more with it, I can always bring in a different library later. But, you know, I've, I've accomplished that one specific part of my, you know, diagram with the boxes with jQuery and Bootcamp and maybe some, you know, uh, handlebars in there. I can move on to the server side. I can move on to, you know, what's going to actually do the emailing or I can move on to something else and then come back and revisit, you know, the, the framework that I've got on the front end or if there is a framework. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I often find where I, I used to get tripped up on, you know, starting the process. What am I going to use? Is everything going to be vanilla JavaScript? Am I going to uh, use this brand new feature? It kind of doesn't matter when you're just starting out. Use something you're familiar with that you can get it done with. grammatically correct sure sure all right sure we'll go with it yeah fine um oh shit uh you are really really quiet and i'm really really loud oh no yeah um 
we have talked about very high level road mapping and planning, and we have talked a little bit about tool selection and a little bit about how you start actually coding. We missed the idea of wireframing and went straight into like rough prototyping. Oh, yeah. Do you spend any time wireframing to communicate ideas? No, but I don't, I don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, one of the things that I have found very useful, because I honestly, I used to do rapid prototyping, rough prototyping, and I still kind of want to because I'm a programmer and I know how to write programs and that's how I think, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but uh, I have found that when you do that and you click a button and it does a thing and you say to somebody who's playing with it, hey, uh, this is just a prototype, it's not the real thing, they don't believe you. If they <laughs> click a button and it does the thing, they think it does the thing and that all of the parts and pieces in between are done. Right. Um, and that's not true. Furthermore, while I can program very quickly with certain frameworks and can get things going really quickly, and it does feel like very rapid functional prototyping, um, it's still probably not as fast as legit wireframing. And a lot of times, what your stakeholders, what the people that use your whatever the thing is you're trying to build, contact um, think in is how it looks to them. Um, maybe they don't care about the whole workflow. Maybe they only care about a really high-level workflow. But what they see are the form fields in front of them for the contact form or what have you. And and just using a nothing but a UI wireframe for that uh, is oftentimes a great place to start um, for communicating with the user. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do this with uh, a, a user uh, with a first name field and a last name field. Uh, maybe they want it with just a full name field, right? Um, or, and those like little variations and you make, instead of one wireframe, you make six wireframes and you show all six to the person like, which one of these do you like better? Yeah. That whole process with a wireframe approach takes a lot less time and gives somebody not the opportunity to come up with suggestions, but then pick one that they like. As soon as they pick one that they like, they have given you implicit approval for it, right? Yeah. It's a different conversation than say, I built this one thing does it cover all of your needs is it perfect right, right? you're not saying <laughs> and you don't have to keep reminding this is just a prototype it's just a prototype it's just a prototype right right but if you're if you're coming then with like an effect six screenshots or three screenshots or whatever which one do you like better um it's it's a different conversation and it's often a much better conversation um and i have to remind myself of that all the time because i'm not a designery person i'm a implementary person yeah um but uh Going back to a wireframing thing, uh, I've been using uh, mockups for that last couple of years. You like um, it? I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not super in love with it, but it is relatively quick to work with. Um, I got a buddy that uses Sketch a, Sketch a lot. Sketch mm -hmm. seems to have taken over a lot of designer people work, yeah. um, and it does pretty good. I, I want to make a confession. Yeah, like I understand the value of of wireframing. Uh, but I don't do it since I'm not a designer. What I'll do is I'll find a CSS framework that has really good examples. Like one of the reasons that I used Bootstrap for so long is because you could go to getbootstrap.com and copy the HTML and for various different horizontal forms and inline forms and whatnot and then just augment it and that was how I did my, you know, rapid prototyping and 
that's the excuse that that kept me from doing real wireframing. So sure, sure. Um, copy paste. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm in a similar boat, um, and um, I still don't wireframe quite a bit uh, when I probably should. Yeah. Um, but especially if I'm starting like a new a new UI, right? Like this is a new set of features. If somebody doesn't show me what it should look like, and I have random ideas on how it should look, mm-hmm. if I'm doing what I should be doing, I, I stop myself and I make a mock-up or two or three mm-hmm. variations. And we try and go over those before I start implementing with code. Mm. Because while it seems like an extra step, um, it's still faster than rebuilding the code three times. <laughs> um, we have gone off topic. Um Let's go back to... Uh... Well, I think I, I, I actually like the direction this was going because it's, it's very much about how do you start coding? Like, what do you do once you've got that, the box and lines? Mm. What do you do then? And so we're kind of talking about, well, you can wireframe to kind of put some flesh behind those boxes and lines, or you can go copy some code to do some rapid prototyping. Mm. So I think, I, think, I think we took a good... Yeah, that's a good. It's a good. It's a good thing, good especially direction. for something that has a front end. There are many projects that I've worked on that don't have any front ends at all, mm-hmm. right? That are all uh, process driven, um, but they almost always have inputs and outputs, mm-hmm. right? Um, or at least inputs and results that are supposed to have happened, which you can think of as an output. Yeah. Um, and so you can still make the pretty drawing, but in this case, maybe it's more of a, a process flow or a workflow or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, likewise, we're talking about how do you go from step A to step B? Uh, one of the first things I do on any project is make a directory for it and then type in git init, um, (laughs) and then write a readme. And the readme contains the things that I wrote on the whiteboard, um, and a section for like a summary of what I want to do in the project is one sentence or two. Yeah, and then a section that's my roadmap. I usually just type it in the root level readme. Yeah. Um, if it's a big enough project, I might split it out. This but. this is the true. How do you get started? Code like what's the first thing you type into your machine? Yeah, this L- is it. Literally, mkdir and then a name, cd into that directory. Right. Get in it. Touch readme or vim readme or whatever whatever. Right. Make a readme.md file. Right. The first section is a real quick summary of like high level what I want to do. I usually start with the roadmap because that's where my brain is when I'm starting a project. Mm-hmm. And then in between the two, I'll write other details. Uh, some of the other details that are good to iron out at the beginning of a project that I capture and read me um, are who are the people that I'm going to work with on this project? Who are the stakeholders? Who are the developers? Mm-hmm. Who's going to do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Who Who's the user of the thing? Some of the other things I capture is where is it going to run? Like, uh, and these don't have to be things that you have an answer for, right? But th- ideas to try and figure out: um, is this going to be hosted on some web server at company X, or at, am I in charge of hosting? Do I even care about this, right? Yeah. Um, what are some of the 
application languages or architecture frameworks or architecture things. Again, these don't have to be answers, but these are bullet points that you try and figure out along the way. Even if you don't know the answer, you're writing down what you know when you know it as soon as you know it. You know that's an issue. Write it down. For sure. Take notes. And now that's not occupying a space in in your brain. You can move on to the next thing you need to work on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it might not always live in this root level readme. Like the root level readme becomes a, a gateway for overview of of what's your application or what's your project or whatever um, that might not need all of this background and planning, but that's still where I start on it. And then what I'll often do is I'll make a docs folder inside the project or something like that and move some of this content into other files as it makes sense. Um, But it is, it's where I always start. Mm -hmm. I wish I started there. Really? Where do you start? Well, I mean, uh, Git init and then npm init, and sometimes I have a very blank readme as I sink into my chair and avoid no. your steely gaze. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I, I honestly, I don't even think of npm init until I'm further in the planning process. Yeah. Um, but that's not always true because again, sometimes I'm playing with technologies to make choices as to what I want to do. Right? I, I feel like when, when, I, when, I, when I'm actually starting a project, the one good habit that I have is writing acceptance tests early yeah. on, if not first or early on. Yeah, no, that is something that I try really hard to yeah. do and I do a terrible job of. Um, right. I, I don't always do a terrible job. I have occasionally done terrible jobs, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes because I'm fighting fighting with the tools that don't exactly do what I want them to do, and then I have problems, and then I give up. Right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I I love the acceptance test, um, outside in development right. acceptance test, behavior driven de- development, yeah. which then leads to integration and unit tests. Um, now the, all of these are are. These are topics in and of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, for they're, for they're, another episode. They're definitely things that you should think of early on in, in, in the process. But if we were to talk about behavior-driven design and uh, test-driven design, we, that, that's, a, that's a big topic. Yeah. Yeah, that might be part of next episode. Yeah. Hmm. So what we've talked about is, you know, we started with you've got this idea and that's about it. You know kind of what you want to do. Not necessarily the whole thing of what you want to do, but you kind of know what you want to do. And I guess if there's a theme for what we've talked about today is write down what you know when you know it as soon as you know it because there's this, this paralysis you get when you've got an idea and you need to implement it and you don't quite know what the next step is. You have to decide what's the next thing I'm going to do. And often the easiest thing to do is write down what you know right now. Yeah. Because not only is With, that a step, but it also helps you figure out what the next thing you need to do is. Sure, sure. With the foreknowledge, with the freedom that you're going to mess up and you're going to erase it and you're going to rewrite it a couple of different ways and you didn't leave enough room over here and you wanted to switch to a purple marker over there and it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, uh, it, it should be loose and flexible, especially at the beginning. Uh, to, to give yourself that freedom. And, and you start at the very beginning and you start at the very end and then you realize that there was a process before the beginning and you realize that there are seven processes in the middle. Yeah. Um, and and uh, 
that's exactly how it's supposed to work. Yeah. You're, you're not supposed to have, it's not a flat, a flat process. It's not a flat structure. You don't know the whole thing at the onset. You're, you're discovering that as you decide how you're going to realize an idea, yeah. right? The, the idea doesn't already exist. If it did, you wouldn't be building it. You're, you're trying to figure out how to build it. So what we'll do in the next couple of episodes is, you know, we, we've, we've talked about how to go from basic idea to something. We'll talk about, you know, how to think about architecture and, and how architecture helps you uh, uh, continue your project and, and develop more. And then talk about how you uh, continue that theme and talk about teams and you know, how you're going to set up your project for, for a larger group of people. But those are some later episodes mm-hmm. uh, we will talk about them then i'm aaron and i'm alan and and uh we're out yeah thanks for listening